0: Music imagine a scenario about let's say three to five years from now uh, where every single individual would have his his or her own ID Uh, they would have their own health records uh, at at the phone just as you have your bank account Mm -hmm. if you go in one city to another you can easily port your medical records the other person will be able to see the medical records that you've had the entire uh, history is all available on the phone and once you have that the data that is available and the kind of algorithms that you can run um, and build Build
1: AI on is phenomenal. That was Dr. Ritu Mithalgarh, Chief Growth and Innovation Officer, Fortis Healthcare. Ritu has over a decade's experience in strategy, operations, and managing complexity. Over the course of her career, she has seen success in diverse functions, managing transitions, and incubating world class medical programs. LeaderCast is a podcast series by ISB Executive Education. This podcast features prominent business executives who are redefining functions and industries, and what it means to lead in an era of accelerated change. Thanks a lot, Dr. Ritugarh, for being here. Pleasure. Uh, welcome back to your alma mater. Mm-hmm. So, I would like to start off first with a, a little bit of an understanding of you as a person. So, you are an MBBS doctor and you did an MBA from ISP. What made the transition happen and how did it actually happen?
0: Yeah. So, um, well, actually, when I got into MBBS, I was, um, you know, a hardcore medicine clinician, wanted to be always a doctor. And I didn't actually stop at MBBS. I did my MS also. So I'm an MS ENT. After that, I also practiced for a couple of years. I did my senior residency. So all in all, I'd spent 12 years in medical school. And for me, um, the transition just happened. Um, It was really not very thought through. Mm -hmm. Um, So how it started was that at that time, and I'm talking about OA, There was a lot of activity in healthcare um, on the corporate side. There were some large acquisitions and mergers that had happened. Mm -hmm. Before that, um, there was only one or two corporate players. You know, there was was hardly any. You didn't hear Mm -hmm. about corporate healthcare at all. Um, eight, nine, and in fact, seven to nine was a time when a lot of that activity started, which I was reading about in papers and so on. Right. And then I happened to meet somebody who was a doctor and who was already in um, ISB, and and we were talking in, in one of the uh, parties. And uh, that's when it just got me thinking of the opportunity. Right. And um, since I am a clinician, I was, a, you know, a very hardcore, um, clinically driven. I'm from Lady Harding Medical College, it's one of the well renowned colleges. I felt that how would this corporate decision impact the clinicians and right. what if there was a bridge between a clinician and a business aspect who understood both perspectives and I think that just prompted me I remember I was on a mat leave I had never taken a break it was all for me always one after the right. Um, and it was just during my mat leave that I took GMAT frankly and I only applied to ISB because it's not that I had made up my mind completely right. it just that one thing led to another I got the offer and it just all came together and I just took the plunge
1: awesome awesome no that's that's quite an interesting story but I had a small nugget or a story of my own I did my business education 96 98 and we had one doctor in our in our (coughs) cohort unfortunately she didn't finish the course I think she had a very different uh, you know medicine and Business. Business is very different, and she couldn't do it. So kudos to you for actually making that, taking that plunge, and actually crossing that bridge. So great. So now that now that you are at Fortis, what I wanted to also understand, Dr. Ritu, is you know there is a lot of innovation happening across various industries, right? But at healthcare and within healthcare, there's been a lot of those things that have happened. So what are those transformative innovations that have happened? And how have they impacted the healthcare industry as a whole?
0: So I'll divide this into two parts. One are the core clinical, which Mm -hmm. means that how is the clinical care delivered? And I do feel that robotics has... Uh, really played a significant role and has now come of age. So it did take its own time over the last few years um, of, you know, how will it take off? You know, will are the better outcomes for real? Is it just the cost play? But I think now it has come to a stage where we do feel that robotics is here to stay. It does impact clinical outcomes and it, it does, are going to add to a quality of life for a patient. Right. Um, that is clearly the one. The second I would say is um, this whole thing about gene therapy and target therapy what I call is is a form of a precision medicine Mm -hmm. which has already again is no longer experimental it's no longer in question it is an accepted norm that we have come to a stage where let's say if somebody has a cancer then it's not if two people have cancer it's not the same medicine that is going to be given to both of them right. um, you know um, we've come to a stage where uh, their dna makeup the mutations the targeted medicines they all are a reality and they're also all going to evolve much uh, much more from here you know we are we are looking to get T cell that is the first uh, authorization by dgci this year uh, mm-hmm. this is for b cell lymphomas that happened and that is just a start so the way the medicine is delivered is is going to change dramatically um, and that has started to happen right. and then there is another st- another area which is the allied care which means that there's a core clinical but also the ecosystem in which that clinical care is delivered right. now in those things things like remote monitoring is is for a real um, right. it, it is it does make sense even in a hospital setting right. um, then there is a use case for AI now that is the verdict is not out as yet right. Right. Um, and the reason that the verdict is not out yet is because I think in India we still do not have enough structured data we have a lot data. We have immense data. But is it structured? Is it readable um, to make it a 360? Not yet. Mm -hmm. But that revolution is happening as we speak. So in a couple of years, you would see a lot more EMR adoption. And once the EMR adoption happens, that's when it will unleash the power of AI. Um, And that will happen for sure.
1: Got it. Got it. And when you... Say EMR, it's electronic medical, medical rec- records. records. Okay, yes. great. I just wanted to yes. get that clarified. But uh, it's it's interesting because I, I've heard about technological advances at the back end, which is basically yeah. how you uh, do various procedures, the clinical aspect of it. But I never knew that hyper-personalization that you talked about with gene therapy is actually a reality. So yes. that's, that's really good to know. Thank you so much about that. So now, given that there are technological imp- advancements but if you look at the healthcare landscape in India it's so diverse right so you've got the urban areas and the rural areas, so and you've got a whole set of ways in which you deliver and there are to deliver this you've got large multi-chain establishments and then you've got the smaller healthcare players so you know how does the whole healthcare industry work in such a dichotomy where you've got the corporate and a standalone and uh, the second part of the question is What do you think are the benefits of corporatization of a health service provider vis a vis just a single uh, facility provider?
0: Sure. So I'll answer the first one first. Mm. I think Ayushman Bharat is a game changer. Okay. I do believe that it has significantly improved the access of healthcare to a large number of people in tier one, two, three, urban urban poor, semi-urban, now there is a starting point for many people to get a good quality healthcare. And I know of many good quality systems which are on board with Ayushman and that does give a little bit of a safety margin for families where uh, there is not enough public infrastructure to treat complex diseases, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And there is a public-private partnership that is extremely critical uh, in a place like India. So um, I think that, um, you know, right now we're in space where we do have a complex multi-speciality hospitals which are delivering the best of the world outcomes uh, doing cutting edge work but there is also enough organization of smaller secondary care, primary care which you need in large numbers of volumes to improve the basic health requirements right. of people and Ayushman Bharat has significantly enabled that and will continue to enable right. on writing on that is, is actually linked to your second question which is, you know, corporatization in tier two, tier three. And I think that has also started to happen. We've had a couple of, you know, announcements last year as well um, on a couple of investments that have happened and, 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 you know, bringing it together. I think the advantage of that is simply that you, one is that if you have multiple setups, then um, you have a tendency to bring in processes which are not so dependent on a particular person. So they are long lasting. uh, Versus, let's say, a single nursing home where, um, you know, it is a person. Dependent, right. right? I mean, right. how do you how do you ensure the sustainability and longevity, uh, you know, going forward, right? right? When you have a corporatization, then you put in the processes um, so that it can be sustained in a larger manner. Right. Second is generally the economies of scale and also uh, talent attraction, right? If right. you have a structure, then ability to attract talent with where it is needed the most uh, in tier two, tier three or tier one cities gets enhanced if you have a structured player during that time.
1: Right, right. So, if I hear you right and if I understood it right, so there's a place for both sort of players. The smaller clinics provide the last mile connectivity, whereas the larger players are able to provide a whole range of services. It's vertically integrated. There's more in the horizontal you're getting to reach. Great, thanks. So, staying on the same point, you know, and we're going to talk about Tier 2, Tier 3 rural areas. Two aspects. What are the opportunities that exist? And, and I'm sure that there are opportunities, which is why a lot of organizations are going into those areas. But what are the challenges that, are, that come along with reaching out or providing these services to the bottom of the pyramid?
0: So I think getting the cost structure right is the biggest hindrance Mm -hmm. uh, because if you have to deliver a certain quality um, Mm -hmm. of care, there is a little bit of cost associated with it. So it's very important to bring in efficiency and that is where the innovation comes in as to how do you give, you know, a a basic good quality care with very manageable cost. In India in general um, is far ahead uh, versus the Western population when it comes to that. Uh, But how can you uh, tighten that more? Mm -hmm. The second is the attraction of talent because you so we are a service industry right healthcare you need a doctor you need a nurse it's not a product that you can send through e-channels right, right. so it is it is a very very human resource intensive industry right. and, and i say human resource intensive good quality because it's right. people's life at stakes right. and getting the right people or the right talent and ensuring that they're trained enough or they're skilled enough um, is a second biggest challenge in my view now Thankfully, I think both are getting addressed. Uh, so one, the pair bit is getting addressed a little bit through Ayushman. The second is uh, the number of college seats, for example, have now um, almost trebled over last year, okay. uh, which means that you're likely to have lot, many trained doctors coming out in the next couple of years mm-hmm. who can actually go back in some of these cities and start serving um, the larger underserved population Uh, to an extent that would happen but then obviously there is a need to be very strong programs on skill enhancement which would also have experiential uh, learning practical learning practical aspects of giving care um, that would become critical for the success of this kind of model
1: right and i think that's where the play of the corporatization and the processes come in right because then you're able to repeat it consistently across various levels. Yes. So you did mention uh, Ayushman Bharat as a huge initiative for this BOP segment, if I were to say so. Are there any other initiatives or experiments that have been done, not just from the Indian government, but say at Fortis, which is is basically aimed at the underserved sector of the population? I
0: think... uh that would largely happen through collaborations. And what it would mean is, so uh, like we have a hematology program that Mm -hmm. we run. Um, So some of our doctors have actually helped set up the bone marrow transplant programs in ESI hospitals where you typically would not have those kind of specialists. So what we try and do is collaborate wherever possible, even at the grassroots level to do the skill enhancement, skill building, you know, wherever possible. And then would be the leveraging of technology, right? Right. So we may not be able to or many of the specialists may want to but do not have the bandwidth to go and uh, visit physically but if there was a there was a structured mechanism to be able to offer consults advice um, either to the patients directly or to let's say MBBS doctors who Mm -hmm. let's say have a doubt and want to you know uh, want a sort of an oversight or want an advice uh, by a little bit more a senior or a different speciality that is possible so technology can be harnessed to do that as well.
1: Got it. Great. So one is one is the government's push towards getting there, but also from a private sector player is basically building up the capacity and also providing these instances of where they could always refer back for advice right. is probably an area. Yeah. So thank you so much. So we've talked about what's been happening now or what's happened in the past in the healthcare sector, but what's your vision of the future of the healthcare sector and where do you think is the interplay of technology innovation. uh, How does that help in shaping the healthcare industry to be a more strong and probably a more committed player towards the population of India?
0: So I think we are in a very good space um, in that sense right now. So we are at a junction where there is enough interest of governments as well as the people who can, you know, Move the policies towards inclusive healthcare, right. uh, and I'm combining the two words here. Right. Um, so um, this whole interplay of the pair, um, the increased penetration of insurance, large number of talent pool we already have, um, and we lose some to some of the um, countries. But traveling that talent pool is right. very critical success factor right. for us to be able to give affordable quality healthcare to a large section of people, um, right. and um, and then there is another uh, mega um, sort of uh, project uh, again driven by the government which is to say that can we have ABHA IDs uh, for every single Mm -hmm. or the health IDs or a health wallet uh, for each uh, individual and also have a claim exchange just like a UPI uh, Mm -hmm. where there's a portability of data as well as your insurance claims histories as well as medical records now these are all in progress what it means is that uh, imagine a scenario about let's say three to five years from now uh, where every single individual would have his his or her own ID Uh, they would have their own health records uh, at at the phone just as you have your bank account Mm -hmm. if you go in one city to another you can easily port your medical records uh, You know, the other person will be able to see the medical records that you've had, the entire history is all available on the phone. And once you have that, the data that is available and the kind of algorithms that you can run um, and build AI on is phenomenal. And that would make healthcare look very different. It could be, you know, just as how advanced UPI is in India, much, much more than many Mm -hmm. developed countries, I think that that's what the healthcare would be, where you have... The best of best right. uh, that we already have the silos of excellence, right. um, along with a base which is significantly right. robust. Right. right. See, nobody in the world has got a health system which is perfect.
1: Which is uh, where I was going to get my next question, right. but thanks a lot. Nobody so.
0: has it, right? Absolutely. So if you have, you go to NHS, it's a great system, but the wait times are crazy. Right. Um, you go to US, uh, 17, 18% GDP, uh, it's unsustainable. Right. It's way too correct. much, right? right. Um, so nobody's got it correct. Right. Uh, yeah, and in fact, you know, I was in UK at some point uh, speaking to a large audience. And one of the things I said that India is the only place right. where you can see a super specialist in less than $10 in 24 hours. Right. You give right. me another city uh, or, or another country. country in the world where you can do that. Absolutely. In India, you can do that. Absolutely. Um, so um, right now, there is so much of thinking At a policy level, there's so much of interest by, let's say, a private equity or financial banks or, you know, um, the the financial organizations, as well as talent building Mm -hmm. happening, that it is all going to converge. Mm -hmm. And yes, there is no utopian world. It's it's never going to be perfect. But I do believe that probably India would have cracked the model that no one else has.
1: So interesting. So uh, you're saying that India could very well be on the way to doing something it did with UPI in the financial inclusion bit in the healthcare skill set oh that that that's something that'll be awesome because you you've grown up or you've heard about like the NHS obviously, but I was in Canada for a year and a half and you got this health card yes. and it's and that point of time I'm talking about twenty years ago it seemed like an amazing thing but if that's going to come to India with such a large population it's going to be just phenomenal so great great. thanks a lot thank you Dr. Hiddu for your time it was really interesting chatting with you and uh, appreciate taking the time for being here on the podcast
0: pleasure always thank you so so much much. Thank
1: thank you thank you